You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Hi, everybody. Jim Taddy here. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 25, Season 3. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will be our special guest today, and we're going to go over the Leafs playoff preview against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Round 1. Before we get going... From tee to green, the best place to get in and all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 and any golfer to win. So, for example, if you are a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. The code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. The Maple Leaf season ended Thursday night in New York against the Rangers. 3-2, they squeezed out the victory. They have 50 victories on the season. Not bad. Hey, it's not Boston 65, but 50 is pretty good for this Maple Leaf team. And getting there was all the fun. We've been through this many times in this podcast. Versatility, depth, flexibility at every position. And the developing story is the emergence of Matthew Nyes and Joseph Wall. These two kids may have an impact in the playoffs. We'll see. We hope it doesn't happen. But if it has to happen, these guys are ready. That's my take on it. Let's hear the conversation I had with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Uh, Terry, when you go over the last couple of weeks, a couple of guys have developed. Uh, one of them was a bit of a surprise because we didn't know that it would be needed, and the other guy we knew was going to show up eventually. So let, let's deal with that guy first. Matthew Nyes got better by the game, but how relevant is that in the playoff push? Well, I think it's relevant because he's made himself relevant, Jim. We didn't know a week ago, uh, six days ago, five days ago, how relevant Matt Nyes would be, and he's put himself into the conversation. Now, whether that conversation among the coaching staff and Kyle Dubas leads to a game one lineup appearance, we'll have to see. We'll know more over the weekend once the Leafs return to practice and that. But Nice has done this because he has not looked out of place at all. And really from the, you know, from that first game in Florida and Monday, Jim, there are some things to get out of the way jitters-wise, I suppose. But what we've seen from the kid is is what we were probably expecting, maybe not not this this quickly, the size, the speed, the skill have all been evident. So you're not looking at Matt Knives through these three games and looking and thinking to yourself, yeah, he's not ready. You can see that he's not ready. Now, three games of the regular season then are a much different kettle of fish than what we're going to see in game one against Tampa Bay, a team that has so many Stanley Cup winning scars, you know, they can cover their whole body. So we'll have to see how it goes. But the fact of the matter is he's put himself in the conversation and, uh, you know, until he had these games, we didn't know whether that would be the case or not. 
Yeah, I mean, my only concern would be defensive liability. And just, you know, when you get into a playoff series and you haven't won the first round in, in, in forever, um, yeah. you don't want to have a turnover go the wrong way. That would be my only concern. That Right. That could happen. But as we know, Jim, that can happen with anybody. And I don't know. I guess the, the question with that is, is his inexperience, well, that, would that lead to a greater chance of that would happen with him? That's something that I'm sure the coaching staff is going to discuss. The other side of it, too, is if Nice goes in, Jim, who comes out? Right. You know, Sam, La- Sam La- I- I'm thinking it would be Sam Lafferty. It's, I don't think there's any way it's going to be Zach Aston-Reese. Sam Lafferty's done some, a lot of good things for the team since he was acquired from Chicago. I know he's hurt right now. They expect him to be ready. But uh, he would probably be the guy. But it's one of those situations where if that happens, he hasn't done anything wrong to, uh, to make that uh, occur uh, a little more rapidly. Okay, let, let's move on to the second guy, and he's a little easier to understand, and he's a, a lot more impressive. That's not a shot against Nyes, just because of, of his position. Joseph Wall has been yeah. extremely, extremely efficient. I mean, he this is this is confidence-inspiring, isn't it? It is, and uh, you know what? The Leafs can look at Mer- Matt Murray and say, hey, take as long as you need to recover from that concussion, uh, because Wall, Wall is, you know, again, Jim, take, put whatever you want in these last few games, but the fact of the matter is he did well in pressure situations, uh, both, uh, you know, in New York, uh, in Tampa, you know, beating a team that you know you're going to be facing the next week. And I know John Cooper afterward poo-pooed on it. Maple Leafs still won the hockey game, you know, and, and Joe Wall was, uh, was instrumental in that. So it's great to see. It, it, the nice thing is, too, there hasn't been – he hasn't wilted at all. The season has been – the things he's done late is a continuation of what he started with the Marlies. You know, he's, he's won almost every game he's played for the Leafs, and uh, you're going to need that. Looking back at all the Stanley Cup winners, Jim, not many go through four rounds and use one goalie all the way. I have as much confidence in Ilya Samson off the Leafs should too. I think they do. But you need to have that guy in that backup role instill the same sort of confidence, and that's what Joe Wall has been doing in the last week. And that's what I think he'll do once uh, this thing gets underway on Tuesday. You know, just off the, you know, going back over the, the memory video in my head, I, I don't recall one goal where you would think, wow, he should have had that. I mean, he's just been close to flawless. The goals that go in are legitimate. Um, he's yeah. always positioned right. He's just calm. He just looks like a veteran in there, doesn't he? He does, Jim. And you know what? That's a good point you make because I, I think it's it's important to note with the goaltending as a whole, and by that I mean Samsonov more, we don't see the weak goals anymore. No. The deflators that we saw with Freddie Anderson, some of the deflators we saw with Jack Campbell, that whole first shot of the game going in, so boom, right away, you're under the gun if you're the Maple Leafs. And that has not been part of the game this year for them. The goaltending has been that much better. And in that regard, in a lot of regards, Samson obviously supplied it. And like you say, Joel Wall has as well. And look, I don't want to take too much away from Matt Murray here, but you know he did some good things when he was in there. The problem is you don't know when he's going to be hurt and uh, for how long he's going to be. You know, you almost assume now that that's going to be a factor. But while uh, you know, if they do have to turn to him, um, and, and again, I think Samson should get a good run. At least lose like four three in, in game one, which I don't think they will. You know, you got to come right back with him. Uh, I don't think you go to Wall that quickly, but um, you know that you can if you have to. And as a coaching staff, that's all you can ask for. Okay, let's go to the forward unit. I just I love this this forward unit because it's uh it's a mix and match. I mean, literally he could put any combination out there and mm-hmm. you would understand it because I think he's pretty well tried everything. The big question that comes out of this based on a Tampa matchup 
Do you think O'Reilly is on the second line or centering a third line? I would think that he'd be on a third, uh, just to give the Leafs that, you know, Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly, um, uh, steel rod up the middle. Uh, And, you know, David Camp in the fourth line also provides that in that bottom six role. That would be what I'm thinking, Jim. However, then, you know, the devil's advocate could say, well, if Tavares, you know, needs to get going more at five on five, is he on the wing then? And O'Reilly's in the center there and eating him a little more in that area. Now, the one good thing I'll say about that is Tavares needs to get going to even strength. But Willie Leander's game has come up, has come on down the last little while here. And when Tavares, you know, the issues at five on five, he's not getting the puck to where John needs it in the slot around the net and that sort of thing. So Nylander's game has come back. Is that enough of a factor where you look at it and say, okay, let's leave John in the middle on that second line, put O'Reilly into the the slot on the third. That could happen. Either way, Jim, the Leafs are in a no-lose situation here with O'Reilly. You put him at center on the second line, it's good. You put him at third, it's good. I just think that when you have Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly, bang, 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 down the middle to start, it's an awfully good way to go. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, the, you call it the steel rod down the middle. I mean, those guys are on the ice for, I want to say, 80, 85% of the hockey game if you want to roll the four lines, which which Tampa likes to do. And, and yeah. the way I, what I like about this forward unit is um, it, it's situational. You could start one way, and if you need a goal, you're going to switch it another way. If you need to play defense, you're going to switch it another way. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, there are a lot of things that, that the options for key for a lot. And again, let's get back to the Matthew Nyes factor here. If they decide to use him, uh, they, is it on a third line with Ryan O'Reilly that can make things happen there? I don't, you know, I don't know that Nyes, if he's used him, goes right into the top six. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I could be wrong. We'll find out. That's just my personal opinion on it. But you're right. A lot of options for Keith. We now even even the top line. We, we have a pretty good idea. It's going to be bunting Matthews Marner. But Sheldon Keefe now knows from recent history that Kelly Yarncroke can be good in that spot as well if things aren't happening offensively with Michael Bunting. So a lot of options for him. And uh, as a coach, that's what you want. Um, you know, you don't want to get too too far into the 13th, 14th forwards. I don't know how badly the Leafs want to use Wayne Simmons in this, but the fact is uh, Keefe has a lot to think about. I, I'd imagine the Leafs are off today. It's Friday. I'd imagine a lot of this is uh, being processed among the coaching staff today, uh, but uh, there's lots of time to get ready for it too for game one. That's the luxury of the, you know, the Leafs have here as well. As well, I've said it many times, flexibility, versatility. Uh, what I like about the bunting situation is in the past, this would have been something they would have relied on. Now he's insulated because you don't yeah. know exactly how this is going to go. Obviously he likes to push the envelope and I don't have a problem with that, but sometimes no. in a playoff series, that could boomerang on you. And if it starts to boomerang, they have an option. Well, if it, it, you don't want that to boomerang because the boomerang then says that the Tampa Bay Lightning are on the power play, which, you know, you have to avoid at all costs, really. And how do you do that? You don't go to the box. And if you're Michael Bunting, that's a hell of a line to walk. So, yeah, it's uh, it, that's a good way to put it, uh, insulated. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But you'd like to think of the experience that he's now gained over the past year and walking that line sometimes goes over it. Uh, you know, and, and Tampa's going to push his buttons. We saw that in the last game with Corey Perry, Jim. Um, yeah. You know, that play through the neutral zone that led to that scrap. So it'll be on Bunting to to respond accordingly or turn around and skate the other way. The issue you, you might have with him now is you hope that 
you know, he's not into the referee's psyche enough that, yes, he draws penalties, but he also takes a lot as well. And where, where does that become a factor? So the bunting issue is a crucial one going in. Um, it's something that the, the, the kid is going to have to walk. We know that. But, uh, you know, I just like it to start him in that top line because we know, we've know seen what they can do together, Matthews and Martin. The, the other great thing about the versatility in this lineup is we're talking about in-game situation, but you just sort of said it there. I mean, what happens after a loss? And I think if we went back to last year or the year before or go down the, the, the tree there, if after a loss it was you didn't have many options. You were expecting people to just adjust and, and do better in the next game. This lineup can be changed. It, 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 there's, there's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, and you have that on the blue line as well, which I guess we were going to get to. But the, you know, if, if Luke Shen is in your top six to start, and Timothy Lilligren is not, then Lilligren's a good option to come to, you know, in game two or whatever you have to do it, right? Or in the case of an injury, you're not falling off the map there on your depth on the blue line, especially. And I think that's crucial for them. But uh, again, you know, you talk about the in game and the things don't go well from game to game. There will be options for Sheldon Key. If he decides Matthew Nyes isn't ready for game one, uh, let him get a few practices with the group, and he can be inserted, uh, you know, sometime in, in, later in the series. I think he's proven that. He's, he's certainly an option for them that way. But uh, I like the in-game things, too. Getting back to the Arati thing, you know, so you've got him on the line with Tavares. You have two guys there who can take face-offs. One guy gets thrown out. Obviously, they're both so good at it. So a lot of factors to consider, but... Um, you know, when it comes right down to it, this is the deepest leaf team that they've had on the ice in quite a few years now. And it's on the coaching staff to use that depth accordingly. Well, and O'Reilly in a playoff game, I mean, there's all kinds of experience. He knows what to do, when to yeah. do it. I mean, it's just nice to have that guy. Well, you know, it's good about it too. It's not like when they acquired Muzzin, something that happened, uh, you know, quite a few years in the past. Roddy's four years removed from winning the con Smythe. That's recent in my mind. Yep. It just and we're we're seeing the the impact that he's having. It's good they got him back from the uh, the broken finger to get him uh, a little more comfortable going into the playoffs. I think he would have been fine anyway. But uh, that's recent memory for him, and he's been good in these games that he's come back. I like the way he's played, and I think he's uh, you know I think he's going to be a real factor for them. Uh, you know, owing to his nickname uh, once this gets going. Okay, so let's go to the blue line. Uh, I have it like this and disagree where you want. Geo Hall, Riley Shen, Brody McCabe, uh, obviously in reverse order in terms of the stacking and, and units that they are, but that's the way I see them starting. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, Riley and Shen have been playing together the last few games, and that would lead me to believe that's what you know the staff is thinking. Sheldon Keefe couldn't say enough uh, recently about the job that he likes that McCabe and, and Brody have done together. Um, you know, Brody doesn't want to have the kind of game he had last night. I don't think he was great, but Jake McCabe has been has been really good for them, Jim. Really solid, great pickup. He's, you know, under contract beyond this year, but what counts is now. And uh, I like that pairing with with him and, uh, and uh, TJ Brody. G1 Hall know each other. They fit well together. You know, Giordano's dealing with a minor injury now. We're led to believe by Keith that he'll be 100% for the playoffs. And, and again, like we talked about, uh, you know, Lilligren's a good option for them. He scores last night, plays the most among Leafs. Uh, you know, I don't think that's enough to get him into game one, but we know that he's right there waiting to get in if he has to. And, uh, you know, they didn't. to me, Jim, they didn't acquire Luke Shen to have him sit to start. 
And I think Shen's been good for them. Uh, he hasn't, he's come in and, you know, is he fleet of foot? No, I'm not going to give you an argument there, but he's been effective. And uh, I'm with you on that. I think the pairings will, will, uh, will bear out that way for the puck drop in game one. But like we keep saying, Keith has options to go to if he doesn't like what he sees to start. Well, I, I really like Shen. I'm not going to do a direct comparison to Shea Weber, but the one thing about Weber was um, if you bothered him or if he hit you, most people would understand that they're going to leave him alone for the rest of the night because he, he sort of physically owned you. What yeah. Shen does is Shen just walks into a situation or skates into a situation and it dissipates because he's got that aura around him that never, everybody understands what's going to happen next if you get under his skin. And, and that's worth something to me. It is for sure. And, you know, he's also got that net front presence in the defensive zone, right, that the Leafs really needed. And it just – I like some of the things he did in Tampa the other night, you know, fighting Patrick Maroon and, you know, Cooper Singletter on some intensity. I, I just thought it was another good stand by him, but I, I'm with you on that. There's just that, that veteran presence he has. And, you know, obviously Mark Giordano has it. Jake McCabe has it. TJ Brody has it. But there's just a difference when you know that you're on the ice against, you know, um, Shen, that there's an awfully good chance if you have the puck near him you're going to get pasted somewhere. And uh, that's something, I don't listen, I don't Tampa Bay knows him too, given the recent history he has the lightning, but it's still going to be a factor in my mind. Absolutely. Well, let's go out on a prediction. I'm going to start this off. I'm going to say max six Leafs get through round one. Uh, that's, what, that's what my prediction is too. I, yeah. That's what, yeah, it's the same. And if not, then seven, I, I think this is the year they, they finally get through. The maturity is there. Listen, you can put what you want in the regular season. I get that. We're not. I'm not judging them on the regular season. I look at one thing for me: is there a flip that can be switched when the playoffs start? I don't necessarily think so. The Leafs have finished strongly. Tampa Bay is not. They won. They won their last game five nothing against Detroit. Before that, they had lost four in a row and lost eight of eleven. They're not going into the playoffs firing all cylinders by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Leafs are a better team overall anyway. The standings bore that out in the regular season. And so did several other things. Are there concerns for the Leafs? Of course there are. Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Vasilevsky is there. We know that. Can he be beaten? Yes. The Leafs got to within one goal, two goals, I guess, of, uh, of advancing last year. I just think this is the year they do it. Man, I'm like you, Jim. I think game six, uh, you know, six games should get it done. Terry, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim. Anytime. Last minute of play in this podcast. Well, thank you, Mike Ross, for that time warning. And yes, guy, time now for Lickety Split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Yes, guy, no guy number one. Best Leaf team in decades. Oh, oh, yes, guy. It certainly is. Layers, depth, versatility, flexibility. It has it all in terms of Leaf teams from the past. This is a firm yes, guy. Yes, guy, no guy. They get through the first round. Capital letters, a hard yes guy, exclamation points across the board. No negotiation here. Let's go out on this one. Everybody will participate in the victory. Oh, that's another emphatic yes guy. Love the flexibility. You know, I've gone through this before. Love everything about this team. It is the best. And we'll see what that means when it comes to round two. Thanks for downloading episode 25, season three of Leafs Guy. I hope you come back next week for episode 26.